0: Inspiration, success stories, expert advice, strategies, new ideas, and amazing conversations. Everything you need to become a great speaker. This is Oscar Santolaya, and welcome to Time to Shine. Hello, and thank you for joining today. You might have heard sometimes the phrase that Your body speaks louder than your own words. And this gives us a hint about the importance of body language and nonverbal communications. So for that, we have an excellent guest who is an expert in this topic. And she has been before with us. She has been in this podcast some time ago. I'm happy that she's back. So let me introduce you, Laura Penn. Laura Penn is passionate about public speaking. As a Toastmasters European champion of public speaking, author of the book How to Enhance the Performance of Public Speaking, a Pocket Coach, and the founding director of the she helps individuals become effective public speakers. Based in Switzerland, she provides custom tailored interactive training in public speaking for clients and organizations. In the academic, not-for-profit and private sectors. She also serves as a speaker coach for a wide variety of TEDx events. Hello, Laura.
1: Hello, Oscar.
0: Welcome to the show. Welcome back.
1: Thank you. It's great to be back.
0: (laughs) Awesome, Laura. So as you are back after a bit more than one year, um, please tell us what you have been doing lately.
1: Well, I've been disrupting how people are speaking in public. I've been busy shaking things up, stirring things up, making people uncomfortable. Mm. I really strive to change the status quo of where we are with presentations and public speaking. It's not okay to sit back and watch one bad presentation delivered after another. People's time is short. Messages are valuable. And I see too many examples of people who are delivering presentations without love for their subject, without love for what they've created. The word presentation has the word present in it. And I think that what I really try to enshrine in the people that I work with is that you should treat your presentation like a gift. You take care of it. You fine tune it. You shape it. You make it sparkle. So I've been working to do that. Mm -hmm. And I've also been working on something really exciting, which is just taking over my world in a positive way. Mm -hmm. It's an event uh, called High Performance Public Speaking. We hear a lot about high performance these days, whether it's high performance leadership, Mm -hmm. high performance management. Well, what about high performance public speaking? This takes the idea of creating speaking that enables the speaker to really deliver the messages that they're looking to deliver. My event is a two-day masterclass in learning the art of effective public speaking, and it's going to bring together professionals involved in the performance of public speaking, so storytellers. Voice experts, body experts, and delivery experts for this beautiful symphony of learning about how to do it right. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, excellent that you are putting all these things together in this um, seminar that you're organizing. And I can see that the way you uh, describe what you are doing now, you have been doing lately, you really show this love that the, <laughs> the, all the speakers and presenters should have about their own work.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, Laura. And as you said, uh, one of the topics you are going to have in your seminar is body language. And I know it's one of your topics of expertise. So... Let's start, um, but I'll ask you why we should care about body language.
1: You know, body language is fundamental to how we communicate as human beings. If you think about it, body language has been around longer than spoken language. Mm -hmm. It's had more time to develop and evolve, and it is highly sophisticated. So this is really something that a, has been around for a while, and B, that has has developed to the point of being expert. So why should we care about it? Because there is spoken language, and that is one tier of, of communication for when we speak in public. But the second tier, the tier that we don't necessarily hear, but that we see, is body language. Body language reinforces our verbal message. Body language is, to public speaking, what wheels are to a car. It drives the message forward. If somebody says, I caught a really big fish, in your mind's eye you can sort of see somebody holding their hands parallel to Mm -hmm. each other and measuring out the size of that fish. So you've heard the oral message of, the fact that they've caught a fish, and now you've seen how big that fish was. So this is a really, really valuable way to communicate on a deeper level what we're saying.
0: Mm-hmm. So as you said, it's a it's a language that is much more developed by the, than the spoken language. Yeah. Well, that's a definitely a strong reason is to to pay attention to that. So in practice, uh, from your experience, you have um, coaching uh, people from different levels of uh, presentation skills. And what are the most common mistakes that you see in terms of body language?
1: I have to say it's what people are doing with their hands Mm. or not doing Mm. with their hands, I should say. I mean, it astounds me when I see somebody who has a passionate message and they've got the vocal variety, mm-hmm. they're moving their body around, but they're not using their hands. Maybe one hand is in a, in a pocket, mm-hmm. or maybe both hands are behind their back. When people don't engage their hands when they're speaking, we lose that first line of communication with the body, which is the hands. So it's interesting. I mean, a lot of people, of course, get naturally nervous when they're going to be speaking in front of an audience. And Many people say, Laura, I don't know what to do with my hands. And I say, I understand. But then I release them into the idea of just let your hands do what they want to do. And when they do that, when they allow themselves not to hide their hands, which might be one thing that they want to do with their hands, but to actually express their message with their hands, everything changes. Their vocal variety is enhanced because when you move your hands, you're expanding the volume of air in your lungs because you're creating more space there. You change the, de- the dynamic energy of your message when you start to move your hands. And of course, like the big fish example, you start to illustrate what you're talking about. So I find that people don't know what to do with their hands. And sometimes I've even been told not to use their hands, which is horrible. It's like saying, you know, watch this funny movie, but don't laugh. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's it cuts off something so so important in our communication toolkit that it doesn't even make sense to, to give that kind of feedback. So I always say no, release your hands, use them as much as you can. They're a part of your conversation.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's the the typical is putting the, the hands in the pocket. It's so yeah. common you see everywhere, of course. Exactly. And, and besides the hands another typical mistake
1: yes it's leaking energy from the feet (laughs) so what do i mean by that so first (laughs) of all i love the word leaking because i really think that it, it coins what this means we've all seen it it's when someone is standing and talking and their feet take them from one end of the stage to another Or creates a circular pattern, they go round and round, or they do a two-step, or the salsa. They're moving their Mm. feet in a way that it's just, it doesn't have any purpose. It's distracting, and it makes them seem nervous and uncomfortable, which in turn, because we mirror other human beings, it's part of our body language dynamic, we (laughs) mirror the movements of other people and the feelings of other people people begin to feel nervous and uncomfortable as well. So this leakage is a reaction to nervousness and anxiety. And in teaching people, I help people to harness that energy so they're actually not leaking the the energy from their feet and moving without purpose. They actually learn how to move with purpose. So going from one point of the stage to another for a reason Mm -hmm. as opposed to not having a reason. So those are the the real the, the two big ones, the hands and the feet. hmm
0: Yeah, yeah, true, true. Also that's that's easy to notice when, especially when someone is nervous, they're yes. moving moving around and uh, without purpose. And that can be, as you say, distracting. Huh. And As a speaker coach and trainer in public speaking, what is your favorite thing to teach your clients about? body language?
1: Oh, well, first of all, I love the whole subject. I, I should say that I spent many years working with chimpanzees. Oh. <laughs> and this is where, yeah, because I was a scientist before I became a, a professional public speaking person. Um, I learned body language from them first and foremost, because they communicate with, with bodies and I had mm-hmm. to be able to communicate with them and learn their vocabulary. So that was my, my foundation. But, you know, what I love to teach Besides a few chimp gestures or two is back to this idea of the feet. Mm -hmm. The feet actually communicate profound amounts of information. The further our body parts are away from our brains, the less control we have over them. So that's your feet. And, you know, if, if you think of your own movements, Most of the time, I'd be willing to guess, you're probably not that tuned in to what your feet are doing at any given point. So our feet have this way of telling the truth because our feet are hardwired to point in the direction of things that we like and to point away from things that we don't like. So one of the best methods to figure out if somebody likes you or not when you're having a conversation with them is to look down to see which direction their feet are pointing. If their feet are pointing squarely towards you, you're on good terms with that person. If one foot of that person's feet is pointing away, probably clo- towards the closest exit, <laughs> things aren't going too well. <laughs> it's time to, to, yeah, they're either they're ready to go, they're not really into you, uh, either. You know, up your game in the conversation, or move on to the next person. So when this comes to public speaking, of course, you know, the speaker's feet need to be pointed towards the audience and not towards the nearest exit. But I love teaching that because it always it always surprises people and they can always relate to it. And funny enough, many stories come back after I've I've trained groups of people where they're like, oh, yeah, I was at this cocktail party and I figured out who liked who and who didn't like who. And, you know, it's such a resource. It's a really valuable trove of information to see where those feet are pointing.
0: So what are the feet are pointing, that's well an def- definitely excellent uh, tip to to consider. And mm-hmm. as you said, the feet are the uh, the farthest from the brain, so the the ones that are less controlled, more um, less prone to lie, right?
1: Exactly. So they're telling the truth.
0: They are telling the truth. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. And how that you mentioned that you um, communicated with chimpanzees i'll just by curiosity ask you what can you what can you tell to the chimpanzee with your body can you tell us one one sign and what would it mean
1: oh yes my favorite one <laughs> it's it's taking your hand and it's cupping it so it forms a u so that your fingers are pointing towards you mm-hmm. uh, like you're holding a cup yeah without using your thumb This is a universal gesture for pan troglodytes, which is the common chimpanzee with the pink face that we see. This is a universal gesture for let's be friends. Oh. Yeah. So, you know, you you meet a new chimp, and you create this movement with your hand, and you bow your head down, and you don't make direct eye contact. It's a little bit submissive. Mm -hmm. Your shoulders are sort of hunched over, and you bring that hand almost touching towards the other chimp. Mm -hmm. And that's like saying, let's be friends. I'm friendly. And if the other chimp does that back, it's all good. If the other chimp doesn't do that and turns away from you or moves on somewhere Uh else, it's not so good. So this is a very important gesture. And after any fight as well, Mm -hmm. because chimps are, are, you know, tightly knit social groups and they, they live uh, together in these groups. So they have to get along. So if there's fighting or tension after the fight is over, that's the gesture for reconciliation. Mm -hmm. And it usually happens pretty quickly after the fight so that you're on good terms as soon as possible. And I use that gesture with my own kids. Oh, really? So it (laughs) It works works with humans? It works with humans. They know what it means.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. Very interesting. eh? Yeah. Learn something for my next encounter with a chimpanzee.
1: (laughs) That's right. Yeah, you never know.
0: We never know <laughs> that you said. <coughs> so, Laura, what, uh, what can you tell us, the, what is the best piece of advice for effective body language for, for speaking in public?
1: There are three things, Oscar. Mm-hmm. The first thing you need to do is you need to become a student. You need to learn body language. Mm. Body language is not called body language frivolously. It's a language. So you need to take it on like you're learning French or Swahili and get to know that grammar and vocabulary. In body language, the grammar and the vocabulary are the gestures and the positions. And then as with other languages, you learn to string those words together to create sentences that provide information or that say something. And the same is true with body language. You're stringing together gestures and positions to say something. So becoming a student, reading books, looking at the thousands of videos that are out there online these days, watching uh, other people as they are communicating and sort of understanding and translating what you are learning about, those, those are some really important first steps to becoming good at body language. The second thing to do after you've begun to learn this vocabulary and apply it and watch it is to study yourself, and you can do this in two ways. My favorite way is to use a, a buddy to mm. find someone who who either works with you or a family member or a friend who can actually watch you give performances, and who can feedback information about what they saw. You know, so let's say you do a, a three minute presentation in front of this person, and then. They sit with you afterwards and they're like, yeah, you really, you know, you you really do the steeple a lot, which is this is that thinking position that we see a lot of professors and lawyers do where they spread their fingers out and they touch the tips of those fingers, creating like a steeple, the roof of a church. Angela Merkel does this a lot. Um, there are three versions of it. You can steeple upwards, steeple forwards, or steeple downwards. She does the downwards one. So yeah, your feedback buddy can say you did the steeple a lot and you crossed your body a lot, which closes the audience off. Uh, or, you know, you, you, leak energy from your feet or, you know, there's so many different things that your feedback buddy could observe about you. And this is a really important piece of information for you to know how you come off And then, of course, the next layer to that, and it's not something I recommend doing first, but sort of after you get used to hearing feedback about how you are perceived and what you do, is to video yourself. These days, there's there's it's not hard to find a gadget that can video what you do. So you set yourself up with your smartphone, you give your presentation, and then you strap yourself down and watch it. And you strap yourself down because it's difficult to see yourself on there. You know, we already know that it's it's hard to hear the sound of your own voice mm. on a recording. Most of us cringe when we hear that. <laughs> but you, you know it's like times a thousand when you see yourself on a recording. And you know once you once you get comfortable with the idea that that is you, then you start to tune into that vocabulary that you've just learned and see, okay, well, doing that. oh, I do that too much. Oh, that doesn't work at all. Or you know, you really get insight into how you move. And those are the, those are the two ways to really to really study yourself uh, and to learn about what you're doing. And then the final the final pillar in this the first again was learning about the vocabulary of body language, the second is studying yourself. The third one is to study others. And this is where you know you take you take everything that you learned about the vocabulary and your own movement and behavior and speaking. And you start to watch what other people are doing. And it is like, it's one of those eureka moments. Mm -hmm. Because now you're speaking the language. And you actually see what people are saying on a completely different level. It is so exciting. It's that feeling of if you are learning a real language, or I should say Mm -hmm. another language, since we've established that body language is a language. When you're learning another language and you finally feel yourself like, the the words are just rolling off of your tongue you just know it man Mm -hmm. that's what it feels like when you observe other people and you're like oh they're doing this oh look at the tilt of the head that means that you know and all of this 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 is sort of the, the the final piece uh studying others taking notes if there are people that you admire uh as speakers and who you'd like to be like studying what they do in their body language and emulating that is fantastic there's there's so much richness to learn from from that particular exercise, but yeah, I hope that answers your question. Those are those are three things that you can really do to to spiff up your your body language skills and to become good at what you're doing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, excellent excellent points. Definitely um, starting with um, with knowing the basics, the other rules or the other body language. Then uh, studying yourself, uh, as you said, it's very easy nowadays to find some. Uh, From your from your phone, you can record yourself reasonably, so it's pretty easy. And the last thing is studying others, right? Um, And both some famous people, like um, watching TED Talks or some people you admire in videos, Mm -hmm. but also watching people you interact with, right? Let's say absolutely your your boss or your colleague, one colleague that you admire. Mm -hmm. So it's that's that's pretty important. Uh, because yeah. in, you will have to use body language that is not only the one of for the stage. You might need right. also body language that is used for um, meetings no, that, that you have at, at work. So it's...
1: Absolutely. And yeah, you're, you're spot on. I mean, these body language skills transfer to everything you do in life because mm. you're always encountering other human beings. So from personal relationships to professional experiences, it's the whole spectrum. And it's easy to study others because, like I said, people are everywhere.
0: <laughs> everywhere, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. So most of the time we are ignoring the, the body language of people because you are, you live your, what, at, ha- at home you are using body language with the people you, you live with. You are going yeah. to take the transportation. You are seeing a lot of people on the way. Then you go to work or your activity studying and interacting again.
1: Exactly. With everybody. Everywhere. Everywhere. And it's really quite entertaining. I mean, if you have nothing better to do at a party, <laughs> one of the things I like to do is grab my drink, lean up against a wall, and hang out and watch people's feet and bodies. It is fabulous. You just learn so much and you see, you see what they're saying without listening to their conversation.
0: Mm-hmm. And with this, there is no boring party.
1: No, there's never a boarding party after you know that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Excellent. And, hello, could you now share some of your personal experiences in, with body language? Some particular occasion that um, things went very good, or since didn't go well? Some examples? Yeah,
1: sure. So the one that comes to mind first is when things went very well. Mm-hmm. I was recently. Invited to do a TEDx talk, and had as one of my goals to really connect with the audience, to feel, to to have them feel, and to myself feel like we're having a conversation, like a casual encounter, to put them at ease, to make it feel smooth and and natural. So I practiced in a, a, a body gesture, which helped me immensely. It was the simple hip lean. And this is, you know, imagine yourself standing with your feet parallel, your your weight is evenly balanced on both feet. And then you sort of just lean your body weight over to one hip so that that hip is now taking your body weight and your knee of the other leg is loose. That's the hip lean. And people who hip lean are people who are just, you know, casual friends talking Mm -hmm. that sort of vibe. So in this TED talk, I entered the space, breathing, of course, preparing as I was walking across the stage, got onto the red rug, breathing again, taking in the space. And then I took a breath and I exhaled as I leaned onto my right hip. And I looked out at the audience and I started my speech. And that Oscar set the tone for the speech. And I was able to sail on that vibe for the whole 14 minutes where it's just, it just prepared me for the encounter I was about to have with that audience. And hopefully it made them feel like, you know, we're just talking, we're in my living room. You know here we are this is this is this is where we are together so that that's an example of, of of the power of body language and how it can sort of transform an experience with something as simple as a hip lean
0: and h- how long you use this uh, this posture during the um,
1: yeah the that's a good question i went from hip leaning probably for the first 40 seconds Mm-hmm. And then I shifted my weight, and then the the message and what I was saying mm-hmm. moved me in other ways. But the hiply m- came back in other mm-hmm. places. Sure. So it sort of it was sort of like peppered throughout the talk. But starting the talk with that precise movement was like choreography in a dance. It was the first mm-hmm. move.
0: Okay, excellent. Yeah, I never tried that actually. So it's, uh, I have to try some sometime. <laughs>
1: Try it. Yeah, it. If you breathe into it, it's even more effective. So you actually mm-hmm. inhale and then exhale as you're leaning into it, yeah. and you you sort you deflate your lungs, and it relaxes your entire body. You know, which is probably why it gives that illusion of, of looking relaxed because you actually are more relaxed. It's very powerful.
0: Mm-hmm. Laura, could you now share with us what is your favorite quotation?
1: Yes. Now, um, William H. Macy is, is an actor out there, not necessarily my favorite actor, but mm-hmm. he said something that just blew my mind. <laughs> he was talking about the true skills needed to be a good speaker slash actor. Mm-hmm. And this is what he said. It's got to sound like you're making stuff up and that you've never said it before. The end. So in other words, in, in his particular instance, he was, he was talking about how much money and time people spend on training to become professional actors yeah. and speakers, etc. But the real nuts and bolts, the real skill that's needed is you just need to talk so that it sounds like it's the first time you said it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's so simple.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Great quotation. I haven't heard before. <laughs> mm-hmm. Could you also share with us uh, one book that has been particularly inspiring or influential for you?
1: Yes. The book that has totally rocked my world Mm -hmm. in the last three months has been the book called Presence by Patsy Rodenberg. She's a renowned Shakespeare slash voice teacher. And she came up with the idea in 2007 that there are three types of presence that performers have. And these three types of presence are three circles. Mm -hmm. And very briefly, the first circle of energy, people are small inside themselves, their body language is tight, Mm -hmm. they're introverts. The third circle of energy is the extreme opposite of an introvert, Mm -hmm. a super extrovert, and in her words, it's like somebody who sprays themselves out into the audience like a spray <laughs> can. <laughs> yes. <laughs> with no focus. It's just a lot of energy just busting mm-hmm. out. And the second circle between those two extremes is the second circle of presence. And this is that hippling communication with the audience. This is that conversation that you're having that's one to one or that feels like it's one-to-one. It's personal, it's intimate, it's connected, you're present. That's where speakers and performers need to be. And that's why this book is awesome.
0: Oh, sounds excellent. Eh? Thanks for sharing this with us. Yeah. Great, Laura, you already have g- gave us a lot of um, tips what to do for improving our body language. Could you leave with us with a final Piece of advice, one exercise, something practical that you recommend to do as daily or weekly. A routine to shine.
1: Something that will put you uh, into a different light as a speaker is to memorize your speech. Now, a lot of people cringe when I say that they should memorize their big presentation, not use notes not use PowerPoint slides to help them find out where they are in the presentation. Mm. I've found that when you've memorized your speech so that it feels like a part of your DNA, it's so ingrained in you that you could just do it anytime, anywhere, anyhow. It is at that point where you get to experience what I call speaker's bliss. Mm. And that is the notion of being able to take your speech And really flex it, Mm -hmm. move it, shape it. So you've already got it. It's already in your head. But when you have speaker's bliss, you're so comfortable with that speech that you can freestyle. You can Mm -hmm. add things. You can interact with the audience. You can do things that you wouldn't do if you were feeling Mm -hmm. uncomfortable and you were holding your notes, et cetera. So this is my biggest piece of advice. When you can and when it really matters, memorize your speech so that it becomes a part of you and that's where you really break out into your performance.
0: Yeah, that's a great piece of advice. (laughs) Oh, thanks a lot, Laura. That's that's been a fantastic interview conversation with you. Could you finally tell us how we can learn more about you, follow you? What are ways for that?
1: Yes. Well, first of all, thank you, Oscar, for this this privilege of, of speaking to you. It's always a pleasure. You can reach me and find out about the event that I mentioned at the top of this interview called High Performance Public Speaking at my website, which is thepublicspeakingschool.com. That's all one word, thepublicspeakingschool.com. You can find out what I do and how to go to this event if you want to transform how you present and speak in public.
0: Mm -hmm. Excellent. So when it is?
1: It's in May Mm -hmm. of this year, May 15th and 16th in Lausanne, Switzerland.
0: Awesome. All right. Thank you very much, uh, Laura, again for your interview and I wish you all the best.
1: Thank you, Oscar. Take care.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode. Did you like it? Please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher or visit us at time to shine podcast.com. until next time